Art Talk, a place where artists talk about art things and stuff about creativity to help you do art stuff too. Mitch is having a, a bloody jam session. Man, my heart is just flogging right now. I'm <laughs> so supercharged. Man, yeah. I'm nervous today. What for? Oh, I just got like, I just, I just want to get this one right. Yeah, I'll just do what we always do. It always works out right. I know, but I've got a lot of things I want to say. The cat always lands on his feet. We'll be right. We'll be <laughs> I right. love that say. We'll be right. We'll be right. Oh, man. This is nice, dude. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, look, look at us. <laughs> jinx. Do people still do jinx? And what does it mean when you say jinx, if they talk, then you get to give them a dead arm? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty violent. It was a pretty violent Fucking game. <laughs> I always lost it's that one. brutal. Domestic violence. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Oh, man. All right, where do we start? I think we should just take a second to compose ourselves. We're just having a party in here when I go. <laughs> Blink-182. Blink-182. Bit of Kanye. Well, man, there was something really exciting that happened a couple of days ago. I want you to tell us all about it. You had a collaboration with well, yeah, just a small company. Uh, if you ever heard of the- Undeniably, probably the world's largest company, Amazon. <laughs> it was a hard one to keep under wraps. It was a few weeks ago that we recorded this and- most of you would see a video jumping around the internet. I work and a current affair, and a current and affair and the Today, Today Show. show. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, it was an absolute honour to work with those guys in partner with the Starlight Foundation. And for anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, I worked with these guys on a colouring book. So, third year in a row, Amazon have worked with Playmakers, which are kids from the Starlight Foundation. And they were this year chosen to review Amazon's top 100 toys. Yeah, that stuff was so cool, man. So good. <laughs> I mean, imagine being a child and you get all these boxes rock up at your house and you get to sit there and open up all the toys. It's like freaking Christmas and you get to review the toys, right? And it's top 100, 100 toys. I'd love to know which toy was number one. Yeah. Too. I think I need to ask these questions. Yeah. But anyway, cut to the chase. So my job was to sit down with nine children from the Starlight Foundation and basically I had to conceptualize an idea based on their favorite toy yeah but wow. it's it wasn't a it's they could come up with a toy based on anything so it was things like you know their favorite food to their favorite you know physical toy yeah one of the kids loved flappy the elephant another one loved rainbows and cupcakes so it was like it was all about just pulling the personality out of these kids and coming up with a design which would then go into a coloring book and the main reason for this book was it's basically going to be sold over the black friday cyber monday weekend yeah and for every book sold there amazon's going to donate one dollar to the starlight foundation so a massive yeah that's massive so cool thing but yeah it was such a such a an honor to sit down with these kids and it really brought me back to my roots as being an artist and where it all started just to see their little minds run wild and i could see it in their eyes you know i'm sitting there i'm having a conversation with them and you know just pulling the best part of them out and putting it onto a page and it was quite emotional too because yeah. you know you're sitting there and you're looking at you know a kid that either can't speak and their family sitting around them and trying and, and giving you ideas based on you know what they enjoy mm. and other kids kind of sitting there with tubes and stuff coming out of them and that's something that you really don't want to see so and it was hard for me to see that mm. no one wants to see children sick or anyone sick for that matter so it really does mean a lot for you know to support a foundation like this and just knowing that all that hard work and all these creative designs 
are going to be shared all across Australia and I guess the world. So yeah, an, an amazing opportunity for me and I was just so grateful to be a part of that. Congratulations, man. It was awesome. I, I saw the video on A Current Affair and like we, I'd seen an early cut of the Amazon video and it, there was something about the tone of it that was just like really lovely, mm. you know, and I think you were a perfect fit for it as well and you communicated really well through it and yeah, I don't know, I saw a post on your Instagram, you said it's probably up there in, in, on sort of like the top caliber of, of collaborations that you've done. Is it, is it one of the... I'm, I'm probably going to say it's number one, like after a wow. long, hard think. Like all those other jobs and opportunities like Vegemite and working with Sony and Converse and all these really cool things that are more so about about me. Mm. This was like, wasn't about me. And I've really enjoyed that. Like I've really enjoyed making someone else happy. Yeah. And to be given that task to, you know, create or a visual representation of someone else's mind. Yeah. It's really cool because a client usually comes to me and says, all right, what are we doing? Yeah, wow. You know, I want to create a piece of artwork. These are our ideas, but can you come up with it? And while that was still my task, I wasn't giving the ideas. Yeah. And there was a few kids that stopped me in my tracks and they were like, remember one kid in particular, she'd given me this idea that she wanted this Barbie doll house and it was almost like a theme park and there was a big blow up pool in the front yard. And I'd thrown an idea out there. I can't remember what it was exactly, but it might have been like, how about we have these paper aeroplanes kind of flying around the sky with, you know, dotted lines that create love hearts. And she she was like, no. <laughs> no. And I was like trying not to laugh because obviously it's it's their yeah. idea. And I loved I loved how certain she was that that's, what, that's not what she wanted. Yeah. She even said to me, she was like, you're just drawing my ideas. You're the artist, but I'm the creator. I am the creator. And I, I was love like, that. go girl, that's so good. You know, awesome. Personality awesome. for days. Yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, man. If you want to grab one of those books, it would be on Amazon. I think it's the 25th and 27th of November. Let's see, front page. Yeah, let's girls. go. Yeah. That'd be nice. Oh, man. Art talk. We talk art here and we create it at MitchRevs.com. Yeah, so today we're going we're gonna to revisit a topic that we spoke about a couple of months ago and it was an episode that's been our most listened episode so far and yeah, it's the I Am Sober episode and just have a little talk around that, you know, and yeah, I've got some things I want to bring to this conversation and yeah. You know why I think you're nervous about this episode? Why is that? It's because it can go really deep. Like, yeah. there's a lot that can be uncovered here. Yeah. It is a vulnerable position to be in when, mm. like, you're trying to remove yourself from something like alcohol or that circle of friends that you associate that with. Yeah. And, you know, you're trying to better yourself. But it, there's also a lot of dark conversations that you have to uncover. So, I'm excited to, to, you know, talk about that. And that's why it was my idea to bring this conversation back. Yeah. I've been trying to explore that more and more. And it seems like every time I touch on that topic whether it's a photograph posting what day i'm up to on my journey or reflect back to that through artwork it gets so much engagement and mm. i was like how can i keep talking about this in a way where people want to talk about it yeah and that's kind of how this came up you made a post on saturday morning and i think a part of the nerves as well is because you that post that morning spoke to me and to give some context there last weekend was an anniversary for me since a motorbike accident that i had and it was six years since my motorbike accident which was 
a very significant event in my life. It was kind of like a catalyst, an end of an era, an end of maybe a, a identity that I had that did involve things like quite a lot of alcohol. And each year I kind of forget that the anniversary is coming up and I, I kind of have a little bit of a freak out, an emotional and energetic freak out. And it happened midway through last week and it wasn't until someone had texted me on the 16th and said like, oh, I know I'm thinking about you today. I know it's been six years since the accident. And that reminded me. Mm-hmm. And so Friday night was a very vulnerable time for me. I had had a really big work day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then some people hit me up in the evening and I could feel my strength towards not doing something like going out and party starting to weaken. And then Friday night happened and I woke up Saturday morning and you had this message saying, you know, talking about your journey. And it just it just hit me like a ton of bricks and make, made me reassess what my future wants to look like. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty certain of what that is now after reflecting on that over the last couple of days. Man, that's so good. That's goosebump moment. Yeah, you know? it was, man. And I couldn't believe it. I almost messaged you to ask if you'd written it for me. You know, it was like, I was just, it was unbelievable. But moving on from that, and I think this is another reason we want to have this conversation is because there is something about the way that you're communicating your journey that is appealing to some people. You know, and we want to talk about maybe why that is and how we can sort of like even double down on that, if that makes any sense. And it is through these conversations, but even at the gym this morning, I'm training at Airlocker at the moment and there was a a guy, I haven't asked his name yet and I, I would need to next time I see him because we're becoming friends quite quickly. And he was, he was looking a bit dusty this morning and he'd said to me, you know, we, we asked, he said, yeah, I went to the pub with my mates last night and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I didn't get much sleep. He's like, oh, but I'm nine months sober. But then we had this conversation around, like it was him not knowing how to disconnect from that group of people. And so he's still at the point, he's nine months that he's been sober. Oh no, sorry, three months he's been sober and he wants to do a year. But at the moment he's still going out with his mates and he's in this middle ground at the moment where he hasn't worked it out yet, but he's like, I want to be sober for a year. But then the funny thing was, he's like, actually, I want to be sober forever, but he set a year as an arbitrary goal. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, he was dusty this morning. It was like this huge reminder for him why he didn't want to be out there. His mates like, let's kick on to one more place, one more place, one more beer. And then asked to drive him home. And he said like at like 11, he's like, man, I've got to go home. You can get home yourself. But that was like this morning. So, it's just around at the moment. No, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm just trying to soak all this in and figure out where to where to start because obviously listening to everything you're saying now, I don't want to get too far ahead of it and think about where, where I'm at. I want to get to the start. So, if someone is listening to this, they can kind of start from the beginning too. But I guess a few things to, to point out, you know, for anyone that is in that situation... There are a lot of avenues nowadays where you can still circulate with friends and go out and have fun, right? So, there's all these zero beers that are now out. Heaps Normal is a great beer. While they're not completely alcohol-free, they've got, you know, 0.01 or 5%. They're still a great alternative. And, you know, I would say to anyone out there who's a bit nervous around that is to be, be proud to say that you, you know, are starting the sobriety journey because... You know, chances are without your mates, your mates are always going to pay you out. Mm. They're going to go, fuck, why are you doing that? Like, yeah. You'll be back on it next week. Yeah. And yeah, you might be, but that's okay too. You know, it's like in your mind, you have to be ready and it takes time. But, you know, it's it's baby steps. 
you know, start one step after another. And for me, I did set that 12-month goal as well. I was like, yep, let's just do 12 months and go from there. You don't want to set yourself at the beginning up to fail. Like, you don't want to say, all right, that's it. I'm not fucking, I'm never Mm. drinking again. Like, set realistic goals. I think that's the first step. And also, like, figure out why it is that you're doing this. Like, what is the purpose for you to do this? Is it just because you want to feel clearer in your mind? Is it because you want to reflect the the role model that you're trying to be? What is your purpose for sobriety? Sick. I I like that because this is what I think is going to be really good about, you know, this conversation is that we're kind of... I think we have a, a similar outlook, but we're at very different parts of our, our journey. And I'll just give a little bit of context for me to build that because I think you're going to have a few of the answers that I'm looking for. Sure. So, I'll, I'll share some of my journey. And, you know, alcohol has been something that within my family has caused a lot of problems over the years from grandfather, you know, all these things that alcohol and addiction is something that that is is widespread and, and pretty potent within my family, family tree. <laughs> and so... In my own life, you know, as we all do in our early 20s, I lived abroad, you know, out partying every weekend, having a lot of fun. But there's always been a little bit of a contradiction or a paradox within my life with alcohol. And that's because I'm kind of like I'm an athlete. And so there was always this gray or this dark area where it was alcohol, where I always knew deep down in my gut that it wasn't for me. But I still had those habits from my, my teenage years that sort of kicked in. When I sort of got into my late 20s, was still living abroad, you know, a breakup, all this sort of stuff, you know, started to get a bit more using it to suppress my emotions and deal with the things rather than dealing with it in a healthy way. And then, as I said before, the catalyst of that journey was this motorbike accident. I came back home for eight months and recovered from the motorbike accident. And then I got this job offer. I kind of got headhunted to go out to Sweden. And surface level, those two to three years that I was living abroad was like some of the best years of my lives. The opportunities that I had, I was living abroad, getting paid a really good wage, opening these parkour gyms, three parkour gyms over 18 months in Sweden. You know, Swedish women love Australian men, but there was this dark tone of, of I was drinking too much, holding on to the identity, but at the bottom of all of it, I was just missing home. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these emotions are coming up. You know, I was going out on the weekend and I was a bit lonely because my family was back here. But yeah, I was like using alcohol to to suppress those feelings. The problem for me though, and this is where I think some people will probably resonate with is, is when I drink, like it kind of is, I'm not the guy that goes and has one or two, two beers. All or nothing. It's all or nothing. And so what was happening, and I did have some head trauma from my accident, is after my accident, I was actually like blacking out like way too often Mm -hmm. sometimes like yeah like the last hour or two of a night like i'd wake up the next morning and be like oh oh i'm in my bed or i'm here i'm at someone's place like it was all these things it's not good good. and it was it was happening like way too often you know to a point that it was getting scary and and the rational brain in me is like well you just should just stop but not that it's not that easy is it and so that's kind of brings me to like the last couple of years where I've moved back to Newcastle. I've got a good group of friends. A lot of those friends actually don't drink that much, just occasionally have a lot more control of it. You know, for them, it's quite easy. They will go, go and have one beer. You know, there is this category of people where they see sometimes like it's not that hard to, 
stop. Yeah. You know, that, so there's a little bit of a lack of understanding there of, of why it's even a problem. And so what I know about myself and what I'm sure of, of my journey and when I look into my future, what I'm sure of is the person I see myself or I want to be in 10 years, there's no alcohol involved whatsoever. Mm-hmm. My ideal 40-year-old self is not a guy that's going and having one beer with his mates. Like I've already visualized my future for zero. But I've kind of been one foot in and one foot out, you know, and so I've many times said to myself and gone very long periods. And even when we spoke about this last time, I said, yeah, man, like I'm kind of dabbling in it. I, I've, I've drank like two. I listened back and it was like I've drank like two times in the last month. And I listened to that and I went, why? Mm-hmm. Why have I drank two times in the last month? Like I, I kind of got angry at myself when I listened back to that podcast. I was like, what? And then, you, you know, you've been a year and I'm like, well, what's the, what's in between that? Mm-hmm. Like, w- what's the difference there and what's stopping me from committing? Mm-hmm. You have to be ready with inside your own self. Why is it that you're, that you're doing this? Yeah. And also <laughs> like kind of figuring out what your triggers are. That was a big thing for me. It was like, what are the things that are triggering me to want to go and get messed up? And it was like boredom. I've figured out that I'm a person that does not enjoy their own company. And what I mean (laughs) by that is like having time to sit in my own thoughts. Like if Mm. I'm in the car driving, if I'm at home sitting in front of the computer... There's always music on or the television's on. There's I, always- enjoy I enjoy your company, man. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is there's- all- Thank you. Yeah. There's always background noise. Yeah. I don't like to just sit. Like, I've heard that on podcasts and, and there's probably room for me to grow in that area. Mm. It's kind of like meditation, you know, just sitting by yourself with your own thoughts and it gives you time to reflect. And there's probably something that I am covering there and there's a reason why i'm not facing that moment with myself absolutely yeah that like a lot of us sometimes do have problems sitting with our own thoughts however you know that's where alcohol comes in or or drugs is and and where people haven't got that willpower is the second that they're with their own thoughts Mm -hmm. that's when they pick up a beer or pick up a cigarette so it's really impressive you know, if you if you're saying like I'm still can't sit with my own thoughts, but I'm not suppressing it with with alcohol, and that was a problem before. That's huge progress. Yeah, and like absolutely, you can continue to go down that route of exploring what that is, mm. and it might be meditation that you introduce, and you might be in a world where I've you- tried, I've tried to do that, but it was more so like I'm also <clears throat> very hyper, so like to sit down and do nothing for me is a waste of time where I could be creating. You know, yeah. then I feel like I'm always two steps behind. Yeah. Like, that 30 minutes to me is valuable because mm. there's always something to do. Mm. You know, times for me to just enjoy by myself are, are that five or 10 minutes in the shower or, you know, when I'm brushing my teeth. They're the times where it's silence mm. in my own mind. Yeah. But I guess linking back to those triggers, it's like boredom is one place where you will find a trigger yeah and also like peer pressure is a big thing too and peer pressure doesn't have to be someone saying do this do that it can be it can come in different ways Mm. you know it can be peer pressure can be found in a group chat with friends and you're the silent one in the corner but you're feeding off what they're saying and you're having those lonely thoughts where you're like why am i doing this Mm. like what 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 is the why you need to identify that because otherwise you're forever going to question that does There's, that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. There is one last thing, my why of why I want to stop. 
is that I can almost correlate almost, I'd say 95% of the things that I've ever done that I'm not proud of, there was alcohol involved. Correct. And then even more recently in the couple of times I have drank over the last year, it's also like I have so much work and responsibility in my life now. And the last two times it's like, when I wake up the next morning, like I need to turn my phone off for the day mm-hmm. and I lose in that one day. There was one a couple of months ago where like some really important things came in that day and, and could have damaged some relation. And I have in the past, I've damaged really significant relationships through that type of hangover activity where, where, yeah, like I would just go off the radar for sometimes two days. Mm-hmm. And in that time, some important stuff's come up. And boom, you know, like relationship breakdown. And it was always, yeah, like alcohol involved. Well, if you drink two or three times a week, Mm. that's two or three days that you're kind of off track, plus the day after or two days after. Essentially, you spend most of your weeks just in a foreign place, like a place that's not actually your current, like a state of mind where you want to be. Yeah. You never realize that though, when you yourself are under that influence. Like you can never like rationalize with yourself and see that from an outside point of view you always feel like yeah i'm hungover but i'm 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 good yeah. like I'm, i've got this but you actually don't and it's not until you do remove yourself that you understand that what i'm sure of is the opposite of the energy that feeds creativity alcohol brings so whatever the opposite of the creative energy is alcohol and what energy that brings sits on the other side because anytime i've been free of it for a long period of time and mullet lord like yeah of course you know like he look at the like he's been how many years sober now and you like you look at his instagram right now and you're like some guy that's going to drink four days a week ain't doing (laughs) what he's doing man like it's like he's just this huge like creative soul right now and it's like the longer and then yourself obviously like yeah i think it really staples like creativity for sure i think you find yourself real quick when you're not associating with you know substance and and alcohol i think it's a good way to find who you are and i guess linking back to the reason why i stopped drinking my main reason for that was because i always had like an internal conversation with myself even when i was in that situation with a beer in my hand i never truly enjoyed it it was Mm, a fake facade you know it was it was a distraction It was fun in the moment, Mm. but whenever I was by myself and had a chance to think about what I was doing, there was always that why. Mm. I was like, why am I doing this? Am Mm. I doing it so I've got confidence to talk to someone in particular? Is it because I'm trying to run away from something? Am I doing it because they want me to do it? Am I doing it because there's that FOMO, you know, Mm. fear of missing out? Why? And it Mm. always just linked back to, I don't know. I don't know Mm. why I'm doing it. And it's Mm. costing me shitloads of money. And I'm, I'm a person that loves to you know, keep the vibes high. So I'm shouting and like, you know, <laughs> it's just, it was just this spiral and it was like, why? And it, I could see it starting to like firsthand damage my business Yeah, because wow. I wasn't present. I had staff that were coming to me, asking me questions on a morning where I was hungover. I was pushing phone calls to the side mm. and it actually got really bad. And, you know, I realized that I spent probably a year or two where I was not present with myself. Mm. And what I mean by that is like there were times where I was either hadn't been to bed, Mm. I'd been in the gallery, people had no idea. Mm. And like 
that's so bad. High functioning alcoholic. That is so <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm proud to say that because it's not who I am anymore. Yeah. And I've always kind of pushed that aside because I was scared of what people would think of me to say that. But what I've come to realize is I'm not the only one. Mm. Like a lot of people are struggling with this and that's why there is so much engagement around mm. that at the moment is because a lot of people can re- relate. How does your art talk? Email sean at mitchrevs.com. This is me going to ask for advice from you, right? Because another part of the conversation that we had was it's my birthday next month. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there is a part of me and this this goes into the fear of, of, of stepping away there's a part of me, like for the first time in maybe three years, I want to celebrate my birthday. And that word celebrate has a connotation with it straight away. And there is a part of me that's scared. Like I have this wonderful day planned where I'm going to invite all my parkour friends up in the day. We're going to do parkour. You know, we're going to do a big jam. All the Newcastle people are going to come. Then in the early afternoon, we're going to come and do a decked out, which I'm so excited so for, good. you know, 20 of my fr- closest people, the people that matter the most to me, my mum will be there. Like, it's going to be awesome. And then there's this like, what then, yeah. you know? And, and yeah, there's a part of me that's scared that if I don't say, hey guys, we're going to get lit afterwards, that people aren't going to want to come, you know? And, and that's like, that's the irrational fear that I have right now that that is part of the hard part of stopping. Yeah. No, I can totally understand that. And I think everyone would feel exactly the same. Yeah. And it's also because you kind of go on this journey on your own. Like, how many people know that you're not drinking? Well. That's the first Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I haven't publicly said it, you know, like, yeah. Okay, so there's the first step. Mm-hmm. Make it publicly known. Yeah. Because then there's no surprises coming into it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you put it out there now, people are going to go to your birthday already knowing, fuck, there's no point in trying to get him to have a drink because yeah. he's doing it. And also, like- Put it out there, but let people know why you're doing it. Yeah. Like, what's your reason behind this? Because then you might find, one, people will tell you that they're proud of you and actually back it. Mm-mm. And even better, they might realize something about themselves and go, yeah, I kind of want to be like that too. Mm-mm. And like, you know, every time I speak about this, I feel like I'm being super preachy. And mm. I don't want I don't want someone who does drink to listen to this and go, yeah. you know, this is shit. Well, I think that comes back to part of why your message is resonating, though. Russell Brand has a great book called Recovery, and he talks about it a lot. It's like, well, there's two things. One, from his perspective, it's like there is also a part of the population that can't relate to this because they don't have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Like, for me personally, this is a problem, you know, and, and I'm trying to come up with a way of solving that problem. And unfortunately for me, it looks like it's going to be zero tolerance, mm. you know, but that doesn't, I, man, some of the best nights of my life have been with alcohol as well. I've done a lot of shit that I'm not proud of, but I've also met people while I've been drunk that have lifelong friends and like crazy scenarios, boat parties, like anything you can think of, it's, it's happened. And I don't regret that. That's the other thing. It's not regret. It's more about what life do I want going, like even just health. Mm. You know, like I do parkour, my body is taking a beating and then some nights I would, I'd be training for 10 hours and go and get maggot. My body's a temple. I, I want to keep doing parkour for like the next 10 years. It's yeah. like I need to start really taking some action. Otherwise, the body's not going to handle it anymore. So, it's my own personal journey there. Mm. The second thing is though, you know, that there is, there's someone like you where you, you kind of, in my opinion, you're doing the sober thing and you're not 
alienating people because you're saying the same thing. If if you want it, then it's there for you and you can go and get maggot. That's fine. But like there's something desirable about the way that you're living your sober life because there doesn't look like there's a lot of sacrifice. If not, there's just positives to it. You know, you as you said, your business is the best it's ever been. You, you own in the morning every morning. You know, something you sp- explained to me the other day was like, yeah, it's not about the night anymore. It's, it's about, about it's about the morning. It's about getting up as early as possible and and getting that. You force some mornings I wake up at like six thirty and you've been up for two hours. Yeah, you know, I love it. I feed off that too. Yeah, you know, and it's it takes those few months of like putting good times that you associate with alcohol aside mm. and having those mornings with yourself and like you know I'll be driving to driving to the gym at four in the morning and over weekend there is people everywhere yeah. walking home yeah. waiting for cabs yeah. and you don't miss that mm. you don't miss that at all when you see it firsthand and and they are all those times that I still see that they're triggers for me but not in a way where it makes me want to do it mm. it makes me remember back to the times where I was doing it and mm. how far away I am from that now yeah and like you know it's you wish that you could just shake your mates that are trying to do the same thing and go look at this through mm. my eyes but it does take three or four months of hard work mm. and saying no like self-discipline is really hard mm. because from that time where we move out of home and we don't have our parents telling us what to do anymore you can make any decision you want mm. any decision you want and it all comes back to you whether you want to do it you know mm. and it is hard to say no mm. because we're influenced by the people that are around us and the reason why we're friends with our friends is because we all do the same shit mm. you know and whether that is like going out for dinner and having a couple of wines like, that's just what we've always done. So, to change your ways halfway through your life is not easy, but I'll tell you what, it's so damn rewarding when you can do it. Yeah, cool. All right. So, I've got one last thing up my sleeve that I want to talk about or announcement because, you know, this is a great conversation, but yeah, I like to take action and today's the day for me. This yeah. is going to be my day. There's no reason not to stop now. I'm not going to be stronger in one year or three months or one month that I am now you know willpower I have it now you know there's other things that I've given up and yeah so this is what this podcast is going to be out for me today is going to be a day like day one day What's one day? today is the 21st of October 2021 wow dude yeah and I don't want to put an end date on it I'm not going to say a year I'm not going to say anything I, I do I, I see my future being sober yeah, good on you, man. But also, don't feel bad if for some reason it breaks along the way. Absolutely not. And that's something I have learned about my journey so far and it's why I can have this conversation and, and when it does happen, it's not as bad as it used to be. Man, the shame that used to come with me when I would say, oh, I'm not drinking. And then I would. It, the, the Half the battle was mm. battling with myself, hating myself because I'd broken my own pack. But yeah, I want to really build that trust in myself and- I'll love myself if I, I, I screw up, but you know, this is this is my day where I wanna free myself from the pools of alcohol. Okay, so I got a couple of questions for you then. Mm-hmm. What's the why? What's the why? The why is my emotional and mental health is a big one. As I shared in, in an episode a couple episodes back, like I suffer from O C D and I do notice when alcohol is a big part of my life and I struggle with my OCD more and any, the more distant I get from alcohol, the better my OCD becomes. And then long-term like, yeah, I want to be healthy when I'm 50. 
Yeah. And sure. I don't believe that blacking out, <laughs> you know, when I drink is going to be the best way to have the best emotional and mental health into my 50s, you know. So big why is is mental and physical health. I want to break a cycle within my family. You know, I've got a niece and a nephew now. And yeah, I want to be a good example for them. So good. You know, I saw my niece yesterday and she melted my heart. I hadn't seen her in two weeks and she just jumped in my arms and just three or four times while she was in my arm, give me a hug, give me a hug. She loves me. And I want to be the uncle that she looks up to and, and learns good habits from, not bad habits. That would be another one. And then, yeah, I... I I'd like my life right now and mm-hmm. I really, I, I've worked really hard to have the people I have in my life and I don't want to lose anyone again because of stupid things that I've, I've done when I'm drunk. That's happened, you know, it's, it's, it would not directly because of that, but situations that have, that have spawned from conversations when I'm drunk or this or that, like the evidence is there that it's not good for me. Right. And everywhere else in my life, I'm a pretty rational, logic thinking person. But there's this like one gray area where for no particular reason, you know, like I'm even my parkour right now, I'm I'm progressing again. I'm turned 33 this month and I'm doing stuff that I've never done. Like, I want to keep doing that. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's so good. And they're all really valid points. Like, I think they're three really good points Mm. as to why you want to do this. And I think the other thing is too, like, recognizing what what you feel like your triggers are what mm-hmm. are those things right now i'm asking you what are what are a couple of triggers that you need to be aware of yeah it's um social situations and people that i feel this is not so much anymore but there was a part of me that felt like i needed alcohol to be liked in cer- certain situations you know, that was a huge narrative that I worked through from my early 20s of like that person that people see you as you're drunk and then the conversation you have with yourself about your sober self. And so like I had a bit of social anxiety when I was younger and I stood out front of parties before where I didn't go in and I went home because I didn't, you know, I was worried people didn't want me to be there and alcohol always made that easy. So social situations is definitely a trigger and something that I'm, fe- I'm scared of losing. Yeah. It's pretty funny because there's not a, a lot of things to be scared about about quitting, is there? Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm asking. So I'm like, yeah, what are the triggers? You know, I don't really enjoy clubs or pubs anymore. I grew up in pubs. That's another thing. I grew up with alcohol around me mm-hmm. in pubs. So, you know, there's. So, there's what you're thing. kind of saying is it's more of like it's a habit. Yeah. It's more, it's more habitual than, than anything. Like, yeah. that's what I'm getting from And even a part of me, when you say that, goes, it's not a habit anymore because I don't even drink that often. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's like, this is that last um, step off the cliff for me. Uh, or taking the leap is because it's not even that I don't do it that often anymore but yet that tension between saying I do and I don't Mm. you know it's like it's like it's like an abusive partner who's like keeping you as an option you know it's like oh just in case (laughs) you know it's like I'm keeping it there just in case the situation comes up where I need to be drunk to be in the social situation. Yeah. But I want, yeah, I really want, yeah, I'm going to set that boundary today. And a just, lot of that's ego too, you know. We need to strip away the ego and that's mm. a big part of like feeling like you need to drink in social situations is, is because you don't want to feel like you're different to everyone else. Like you want to be on the same level and it's just really, it's it all comes back to us being fearful of not being liked. Mm. 
But when you find that, like, the power of saying, like, it's so powerful to say to someone, nah, man, sorry, don't drink. I'm like, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And then that guarantee, the, the bounce back is, why? Mm. And then you tell them why. You mm. like, and they'll either shut you down straight away and, and, like, they don't want to hear it. You can tell people that actually want to hear it. Like, mm. I've had people the next day that I haven't known I've been in a social social situation and they've followed up with me the day after saying hey man to, like I love what you said last night good on you for yeah. one and two like you've inspired me to want to get up and see the sunrise every day and whether they do or not the thought is there some people just straight away will blow it off and not even think about that conversation it won't be something they remember at all when they wake up yeah. and that's cool too but like there is a certain person out there that wants to be like this and I think something that you need to take on board is like, if you're comfortable with it, make it public. Because mm. what you kind of do there is you hold yourself accountable, which is another big part of this. Yeah. And you will start to make change to other people that are in your life. Yeah. You won't have that resistance to times like your birthday coming up, feeling awkward for anyone else when it comes to that point where they say, Sean, let's send it tonight. And yeah. you say, nah, sorry, man, not doing it. They yeah. already know leading into that what they're signing up for. Yeah. So it'll take that anxiety away from you and yeah. remove it. So then the plan is you can really enjoy your birthday yeah. without having to feel like you're going to let anyone down at the end of the night. Yeah. And even say that like, you know, I'm going to have non-alcoholic beers there for anyone that doesn't want to drink because like I'm not I'm not going to get on the booze, but let's still have a good, long, enjoyable night. Let's, yeah. let's send it, but in a different way. Yeah, Like cool. that's cool, man. Yeah. It's good. It's a good time. And then the best bit is you get to wake up in the morning and actually remember the whole night because yeah. you didn't black out for one or two hours. Yeah. I, there's been a part of me that never sat right with waking up on the first day of a new year hungover and you're like fuck have i just fucked the whole year Man, my, <laughs> last, a- my last five years i didn't sleep so yeah. i was i was cranking on two or three days into the new year yeah. and like, it's dude, not a good start to the year is it it's not it's horrible <laughs> yeah they, i think all those things have to happen in order for for me to be here now yeah and it also like there just comes a stage in your life you know i think you get to an age where you realize who you want to be, why you're doing it, because it is hard for someone that's like just turned 21 to go, all right, I'm not drinking ever again. Yeah. There's got to be a pretty big reason for someone to make a stand and do that. Yeah. And like, I want to ask you if you're okay with it before we end this, mm. because you spoke a lot about your accident. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're comfortable talking about it, Yeah. but I don't know anything about that besides you had a motorbike accident. Like, how did it happen? Were you under the influence and how do you feel like it's changed you today? Yeah. So, well, second question, but easy to answer. I wasn't under the influence, but that period of time I'd been drinking a lot. It didn't surprise me when the accident happened that it happened. You know, I was just so scattered in that period of time. I had been doing the the Team Farang stuff and my two business, well, my, my two teammates and my business partners had been away for a couple of months on tour and I was kind of back in Thailand taking care of the business, doing all the clothing stuff and, and making videos and all that sort of stuff. Had had a significant relationship breakdown about a month before, out partying with my friends every weekend, midweek. That day, my teammates had re- returned from being abroad for a while. I we had really bad communication right away. I could tell there was something up texted my mate our regular thing that we did was meet when they got back from a trip have 
Japanese food, drink coffee, have a laugh. Messaged my mate and he was like, kind of like, nah, I was a bit sick on the plane. We'll meet next week. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Next week, you know? So I went back to the, I was staying at the office at the time. Consequence of that as well, you know, like me and my partner had had a place together. We got rid of that. So I was staying at the office. It was just like this chaotic time. Went to the internet cafe that night, rode my motorbike to play some Counter-Strike. That was my way of sort of escaping from my emotions, Counter-Strike. And got on my bike, reversed it. I blank out. I had ridden for about three or four minutes after I got on my bike. So there's like three to four minutes total blank. shit. And then 18 hours. So I woke up like the next afternoon in hospital, didn't know where I was, didn't know what had happened. Apparently it wasn't even an ambulance that had taken me, taken me to hospital. It's like in Thailand, there's these like cleanup crews when someone's died on the road. And apparently I got put in the back of like a pickup truck, taken to hospital. I was in this dodgy Thai hospital. They didn't have air con. So if you've ever been to Bangkok, it's like disgusting. The air is disgusting and they had windows open and at one point the nurse came in and and wanted to change the drip that was in my arm and she forgot to unplug it and she like ripped it out of my arm and blood went everywhere like it was just horrific (laughs) and so essentially broke my left arm did nerve damage in my right arm brachial plexus nerve so i had still have a sort of numb forearm and a couple of my fingers are a bit numb sometimes subdural hematoma in my brain like an inch of bleeding And then my eye was just horrific. It was like swollen up. I was like cross-eyed for the first two weeks after my accident or 10 days. Brain injury, right? Yeah. Subtle brain injury. Yeah. And they wanted to operate on my eye, but I wanted to do it when I got back. Like it was, it was just this crazy time. Family members flew over. I got transferred to a better hospital, Mm. which was great. It was actually, I I was calling that my hotel room because it was so, the second hospital was great. Morphine on tap, you know, like it was crazy. So yeah, that was the accident. And so there was kind of really like life before the accident, life after the accident. And so life before the accident was a professional parkour athlete, team Farang, living in Thailand, been there for six years traveling nomad vagabonding type lifestyle you know traveling to a different country every couple of months i came back to australia and i kind of i was 27 i essentially had to start from scratch when it came to parkour like i i put on a fair bit of weight like it was nothing significant but like my athletic body disappeared put on weight i couldn't do pull-ups i couldn't do one pull-up you know atrophy of the right bicep so i had no bicep at all and i started from scratch and so it was, it was a really pinnacle age for me and I kind of had to rethink my life, like how that was going to look. And that's when sort of the alcohol came in because it was a scary period of time. And what the journey has been for me is, is shedding the old skin and let, letting go of all of those old things. So how's it changed me, you asked? It's sort of like I was scared to put myself first. And that's what a lot of this had been about. It's why some of the breakdown had happened with Farang and that is because I was putting them first all the time instead of myself, but then becoming resentful because maybe they were having more success for me or I was not on tour with them. And so I had to come home and confront all of this stuff and learn to put myself for, uh, first. The thing is, it wasn't just a linear journey. I didn't just wake up. You know, sometimes it makes yeah, sometimes you hear about people having like near-death experiences or and they like wake up and they're like, oh, I was just a changed man. 
that didn't happen to me. Mm. It wasn't that easy of a journey. What happened was I still held on to some of that stuff for quite a while. So when I got that opportunity to, to like go to Sweden, for instance, I went, oh, travel, live overseas. Like that's who I am. It wasn't who I was anymore. So I, I went, that's why when I went back overseas, I, I also spent some time in Dubai. It was another year or two to really realize that, oh, like the things I wanted when I was, I was holding on to like 18 year old dreams. And I was like, oh, those things that I wanted when I was 18, you know, in this archetype of the warrior, like maybe I'm different now, you know, maybe like the things I want now look different than what they did when I was 18. And that was the journey. So I went to Sweden, I went to Dubai and then I realized like everything that I really ever wanted was like here, Newcastle. Wow. My family was here, the beaches, like Newcastle is one of the best parkour cities in the world for me. It was like that hero's journey, you know, it all it came full circle, this crazy 10-year journey that was my 20s. And, you know, that's why the, the, the motorbike accident for me was a catalyst of, of change to this new archetype, which is now the teacher, the creative. Mm. You know, I still do parkour. I still am good at parkour and I love it. But my journey now is about like this, this podcast. Like, how do we give that to the next generation? You know, there's this kid, Pedro, who's an incredible parkour athlete here in Newcastle. He came to me last week. He said, Sean, I want to be a pro freerunner, you know? And so now I can like, I can teach him the the things that I've learned through my journey. And maybe one day that kid will be a world champion, you know, and I can see that in him. And that's what excites me these days. So it was really that like, yeah, if you ask how it changed me, it was just my trajectory really changed. Mm-hmm. And then the last part of this journey for me is the last thing I'm holding on to unwillingly is like yeah this this thing that i know so certainly is not good for me which is alcohol and yeah that's why today is going to be the day man (laughs) wow man we'll see it shows that it's kind of all come from that situation but i'm so glad that it's it's put a bit of light into your life in some way yeah and i'm sure we're all so glad that you didn't join the 27 club well that that was it horrific yeah and it was it was that and yeah i got nothing no words because i could have been you know, and, and there is something that quite significant when you wake up and you're just like reflecting on that so many times of like everything, all the beautiful things that have happened in the last five years, six years. I'm like, not, like that could have just not been there, mm. you know? And it's like, of course, it's going to ha- happen to all of us one day. And there was this overwhelming feeling that I had. And this is I'm not sharing this for any other reason than it's a real feeling. It's like the reason I'm still here is because my work wasn't done. Yeah, you know, and whatever that is, I'm still working that out, and that's becoming more and clear every day. But yeah, I just it wasn't my time, and I still have so much to do. I'm proud of you, mate. Yeah. You definitely learned the hard way, but you know, everyone's got their own story. If anyone out there is keen to join the sobriety train, um, there's a lot of great apps out there. One that we use is the I Am Sober app. It kind of tracks your days. It gives you little motivational hints every now and then. And it also, which is cool to see, is it shows you how much money that you've saved over time. So yeah. I'm not going to share with you how much money I've got in my back pocket over the last 13 or 14 months. but Because um, I'll be able to work out how much you were spending a night. Yeah, there we go. But no, look, it's a, it's a great path to be on. For anyone that is keen, we're always here to have a chat if you um, if you need any guidance around that. But thanks for sharing your story, Sean O. Thank you for inspiring me, man. It really was the last piece of the puzzle was um, watching you, man. Mm. Like, do what you're doing. And as I said, like, you make it 
Make it seem exciting. Yeah. See, my mission when I started this 13 months ago was to get to the point that I'm at now where it does inspire other people without it feeling like, you know, I was still a new, a new Jack. You know? yeah, how, yeah. how much time do I have to put into sobriety for me to be able to inspire someone else? Yeah. Well, here it is. Man. Yeah, well, like it feels genuine now because I've, I've put in enough time to know that I'm not going to crack in my own mind. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is tell everyone that you're on this journey and then you convert all these people to make their lives better and then they see you two weeks later yeah. on, on the band. Yeah. And like, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. And I can say in my own mind right now that that's not, that's not going to happen to me now because I've seen how much better my life is with the path that I'm on now. I'm going to be a dad soon and I want to be, I want to, continue being this role model for them and for them to grow up knowing me for who I am now and and you know I'll definitely tell them my past could be because I feel like that's a big part of who I was and it's what's got me to where I am now you know and sure as hell people go through their own stuff and there's a reason they go through it you just need to make sure that you know you stay ambitious you stay hungry and you've got purpose for life yeah um, because they're the things that'll make you want to change and be a better person wow man I will say that this is probably definitely the longest we've spoken so definitely passionate about this topic thank you for sharing this conversation with me man and i'm just excited about the future that's it Yahoo! <laughs> if you've made it this far what are you doing with your life go and give us a five-star review on itunes <laughs>